0: Chapter 2 Battle of the Goblin Village The path from the underground lake to the surface took the form of a single long cavern path, which I was currently bouncing and oozing my way along. I was moving quite a bit better than I'd originally pictured. Even in the dank darkness, harnessing magic scents made it look as bright as a sunny day to me. Back when I was blind, I was too focused on my footing to notice, but Slimes can actually track along pretty quickly when they want to. I never got particularly fatigued, but there was no real reason to hurry either, so I tended to keep it at a regular walking rate by human standards. This was definitely not because my last flirtation with exuberant locomotion landed. Me square in the water. As I plotted on, I found that the path was blocked by a large gate, the First man-made object I had seen in this cave. Very suspicious, but it didn't. Throw me off much. It was just like any of the dozens I had seen before in. RPGs. Every boss room usually had a gate in front of it. So how to get it open? Water blade my way through the bars? It seemed. Like a decent idea, but as I thought it over, the door opened by itself with a creak. Flustered, I scurried over to one side of the path and watched. Phew. Finally got this thing open. The whole lock-in mechanism. Must have rusted out, someone said. Yeah, I'll bet. Nobody's even tried going in for three hundred years, or... Whatever, right? replied a second voice. There is no record of anyone attempting an entry. Are you sure we're... Safe? We are not leaving ourselves open to sudden attack, commented a third. Gahahaha, <laughs> laughed the second one. Come on, maybe this guy. Was invincible a few centuries back, but it's just a big overgrown lizard, you know? I told you guys about how I bagged a basilisk solo once, didn't I? It'll be fine. I was wondering about that, actually, the third replied. Are you sure? That's the truth, Cable? A basilisk is a B-plus ranked monster. You truly. Handled that by yourself? Quit playing dumb. I'm B-ranked, you know. Some huge reptile ain't. Gonna phase me. All right, all right. Just keep your guard up, if you could. And. Remember, we can always use my escape skill if things turn sour. Can we save the friendly chit-chat for later, the first interjected. I need some quiet. It's just about time for me to activate concealing arts. Three of them, it sounded like, none of them making much of an effort. At stealth. And I understood everything they said, too. Odd. Received. Your magic sense skill can be adapted to decipher. Sound waves that have willful meaning stored inside them. Okay. So I couldn't speak to them, but I could get what they were. Saying. That was good. I was never too gifted at foreign languages. I was. Always one of those kids in the back of the class, bitching all like, why do? I need this? I'm never gonna live outside of Japan, anyway. Save it for. Somebody who will. Now that I was actually in that position, something told me that excuse wouldn't work for much longer. Time to hit the books, I guess. But that wasn't important. What should I do? That was a tougher question than opening the door, for sure. I didn't know what they wanted, but if I had to guess, they were adventurers. Treasure hunters, maybe? These were the first humans I'd encountered in this world, I had an urge to. Tell them to see what they were up to. But, ooh, if a slime who couldn't. Speak their language showed up, what would they do? Slice me up with. Impunity, I'd bet. Better save it for next time. Safety first. I could save the. Human stuff for when I could talk to them. The slim man leading the trio did something, and the three of them suddenly began fading from sight. Not entirely, mind you. He did mention a concealing something or other, some kind of skill, presumably. I wonder what he learned that for. Not for sneaking into people's bedrooms, hopefully. How scandalous. I'll have to make friends with him later. Once the trio went out of sight down the path, I sprang back into action. No need to rush this. It wasn't as if this would be my last chance to meet. People. Slow and steady wins the race, as the ancients said, and I believe. Them. Through the door, I went, and before any of them could come back to. Check on things, I was gone. Proceeding a fair distance from the door, I arrived at an intersection with. Several paths branching out from it. Which one would bring me to the... Surface? Thinking about it wouldn't help much, so I chose a path, and... Headed on down the cavern path. Flick. Flick. Our eyes met. Slowly, I averted mine. There was a gigantic, ominous-looking serpent. In front of me, a jet-black one with thorn scales, tough skin, and an... Appearance that made the snakes of Earth look positively cuddly. This creature in my path made me feel like a deer, or a slime, in the headlights. My mind went blank. Maybe I'd be okay if it didn't notice me? Slowly, I tried to slide myself back. No luck. The black snake reared its head upward, matching my movements. It flicked its tongue at me as it silently menaced me with its eyes. Damn it. It's not letting me off the hook. We didn't need to. Exchange any words for that much to be clear. Should I fight it? I had this killer finisher that I'd spent the last week. Training for, didn't I? It's just that, you know, fighting a monster like this would take a bit of an extra oomph. In other words, I was crapping my pants. But hang on. Get a hold of yourself. Thinking about it, I've been through. Scarier stuff before. Remember Veldora? Compared to that dragon, this. Guy. Hell, maybe it's not so scary after all. Maybe this is all gonna work. Out. With a somewhat calmer mental state, I took a moment to size up the. Dark Snake. It must have been thinking that it had stunned me into silence, that I was unable to move. Probably coming up with ways to land the final. Strike on me. Maybe it found the concept of swallowing me whole to be too. Bland or something. Well, no point holding back. Without another moment's hesitation, I squared up toward the snake's neck and unleashed a water blade. With a lethal-sounding fish, the blade pierced through the air and struck the. Monster. It all happened in an instant, so quick, I doubted my eyes. Without a single bit of resistance, the water blade lopped the black snake's head off. A snake so huge, so ominous looking, I was sure I'd be nothing but a mid-afternoon snack to it. This skill, might have been a tad stronger than I thought. If I'd used it. On that adventuring trio, things might have gone all slasher film, pretty fast. Good thing I'd had the foresight to try it on a monster first. Before I go on, let's do a quick recap of what was occupying my stomach at the moment. Veldora, 15%. Water, 10%. Medicinal. Herbs, recovery potions, and the like, 2%. War and other materials, 3%. percent Grand total, about 30% in use. Each water blade strike used. Not even a regular cup's worth of water, so, sheesh, I could probably spit. Out thousands of these before I even began worrying about running out. Hell of a lot more efficient than some stupid magic spell. I think I'll be. Relying on this against monsters for a while to come. So about this snake. Would it have any abilities I could steal by? Absorbing and analyzing it? No time to waste let's give it a shot. The results were not bad. In addition to the ability to disguise myself as a black snake, I gained the following two skills. Sense Heat Source, Intrinsic Skill. Identifies any heat reactions in the local area. Not affected by any concealing effects. Poisonous Breath, Intrinsic Skill. A powerful breath type poison. Corrosion, Attack. Affects an area 7 meters in. Front of the user, in a 120 degree radius. It looked as if this poison had a corrosive effect on its target, damaging. Whatever equipment or flesh it touched. A normal adventurer would. Probably have a lot of trouble against this guy, wouldn't they? Though who. Could say, really, given the kind of magic available in this world. I spent a little while analyzing the skills of this snake, I just vanquished. The more cards in my hand, the better, I figured. The results 1. Mimicking the black snake increased my bodily volume. 2. The skills I'd just earned could be invoked without having to mimic the snake's form, although their performance could suffer. As a result To go into further detail 1. I could break down and store the monsters I consumed with predator in my stomach. I'd used predator on my own body in order to repair damage, and this provided some spare cells to help with that, in other words. 2. Intrinsic skills appeared to be skills that were exclusive to a certain type of monster. My absorb, self-regeneration, and dissolve skills were intrinsic to me as a slime. However, to use. Intrinsics, I needed to take the form of the monster in question, or else I couldn't bust them out all the way. I could still use them. In part, though, and some skills, like sense heat source, seemed to work just fine either way. Putting it all together, predator Freakin' rocked. I couldn't wait to track. Down some other useful skills with this thing. Three days had passed after my snake battle. I was still in the cave. I, couldn't feel heat or cold or anything, but for all I knew, it was pretty chilly. In here. I had yet to see a single ray of sunshine, but my vision still worked just. Fine in the dark. However, a certain anxiety was starting to work its way. Into my head. I mean, I technically knew it wasn't possible, but I couldn't help but consider it. I'm not lost, am I? No. I couldn't be. What kind of idiot gets himself lost in the very first cave? That first easy-peasy cave supposed to be a springboard that helps. You dive into the experience, isn't it? It looked as if that adventuring trio knew where the hell they were going, didn't it? I'd be fine. It was probably just a really long path. Not knowing the Exact way did make me a little nervous, though. Was there any way to get... some help with that? Received. Display the paths you've currently taken in your brain? Yes, no. (laughs) Pfft. I laughed at myself. Are you kidding me? I thought, unable to resist. A little whining. If I had something like that, why didn't you tell me sooner? Of course I immediately picked, yes. I used to think automapping was cheating once, too, but now I knew the error of my ways. With older games, you were expected to bring your own pencil and graph paper, filling in the squares with every step you took in the dungeon. That was what made them fun, making sure you were on the right track with every single step you took. As time passed, though, People became more reliant on strategy guides and games started to be shipped with their own built-in mapping features. It sucked all the real fun out of the genre, you could say, but once you got used to the convenience, there was no turning back. What I'm trying to say is, you know, if you've got such a powerful feature at your fingertips, you might as well use it, right? Besides, this wasn't a game. It was real life. I scoped out the map that flashed into my mind. Am I reading this right? It looks like i have been circling through the same area over and over again. Following the map in my brain, I delved into a branch of the cave-eyed. Never bothered trying before. There, I was greeted by a sight that had wholly eluded me for the past three days. (laughs) Heh heh heh. Guess I'm lost after all flustering me like this. This. Must be one hell of a cave. I gotta hand it to the thing. And my lack of direction was not the issue, all right? I must have been getting close to the entrance, to the great outdoors. Moss and weeds were starting to appear on the walls and ground. And I. Didn't know where the sun was, but the light, dim as it was, was starting to. Make its way inside. Which meant it was daytime. Along the way, I had a few more monster encounters. To be exact. A centipede monster, evil centipede, rank B+. A big spider, black spider, rank B. A vampire bat, giant bat, rank C+. A big shelled lizard, armorsaurus, rank B-. No more of those black snakes, though. Maybe that was the only one. They were all pretty strong. Not that I'm one to talk, given that water. Blade was still enough to end a battle all by itself. But the bat guy did. Dodge my blades long enough to get a few bites in, and my attacks just. Bounced off the lizard guy's body if I didn't hit it at the right angle. They wouldn't all go down easy. The centipede concealed itself long. Enough to attack me from behind, but between magic sense and sense heat. Source, I had enough of a bead on my surroundings that I was fully prepared. One water blade tossed behind me was all it took to end that encounter. The spider, on the other hand. Oof, I always had a hang-up when it came to bugs in the first place. It was as if I was physically repulsed by them. Just one look was enough for me, thanks. Transforming into a slime must have powered up my mental fortitude. As well, though, enough that I fought that guy without running away. Screaming. Sorry, dude, you're getting full blast. Five water blades at once, thrust. Deep into its thorax. I didn't want it in my sight for another moment. Not that it stopped me from consuming it afterward, though, nor any of. The other guys. Survival of the fittest and all, the spider and centipede gave. Me a little pause, yes, but I soldiered on. If any cockroach monsters showed up, though, I was definitely making a sprint for it. It wasn't a matter of winning or losing. Just because I could. Didn't mean I always should. Between this and that, I managed to absorb quite a few monsters in this. Cave. Let's go over the skills I acquired. Black Snake, Poisonous Breath, Sense Heat Source. Centipede, Paralyzing Breath. Big Spider, Sticky Thread, Steel Thread. Vampire Bat, Drain, Ultrasonic Wave. Shelled Lizard, Body Armor. Whenever you get a new toy, you want to use it, right? Same here. So I harnessed the Great Sage to research all the skills I picked up. Basically, I didn't use Poisonous Breath from the Snake. I actually transformed so I could try it out against the lizard, and, like, whoa. All that armor didn't do jack for the armor It literally melted into a puddle of goo before my eyes. Grossest thing I'd ever seen in my life, all those organs. And bits of flesh all over the place. I had to spray another salvo of mist to break down the rest of the chewy bits. Last time I'd have to see that, hopefully. Really, this breath was almost too much of a force to be reckoned with. I didn't want to use it much, if possible. Sense heat source, though, was. Awesome. Pretty much every living creature emits heat. Combining this. With magic sense meant that I was all but impossible to ambush. There was. No telling what kind of magic or special skills I'd run into once I started dealing with humans or intelligent high-level monsters, so I couldn't afford to let my guard down. Next up, the centipede. I hardly wanted to mimic that guy, what with how it looked and all. Its breath had about the same range as the black snakes, and its form was about the same size as well. As I figured, trying to Use it in slime form limited the range to only about a meter. It could come in. Handy for a surprise attack, I supposed, but if a foe was already within that. Radius, I'd be sunk unless I transformed or ran, so. The lizard's armor, as I mentioned, put up zero resistance whatsoever to Poisonous breath. I couldn't expect much from it. Besides, I already had resist melee attack, so there wasn't much point. Using it in slime form just made my external surface a bit tougher, kind of like the metallic slimes that show up in that one RPG series and give you lots of EXP. It gave a nice metal sheen to my light turquoise body, whatever it did to me must have changed the way the light reacted to my surface. I didn't want to test how I took damage with that on, though, so its effect remained a bit of a mystery. That little extra tint might help scare my foes into submission, though. That about wrapped up those three, the real meat, so to speak, lay in the other two. They were pretty darn fascinating. First, the spider. Who wouldn't want to imitate that famous superhero? Who does all the spidery stuff? Firing webs from his hands powerful enough to let him swing around skyscrapers and all that? Sticky thread—it seemed was originally meant to let the user encase their prey in webs, rendering them immobile. But could I use it to do some fancy web rope slinging of my own? Let's try it. Pointed it at that tree branch, and whoosh, swinging. So, uh, onto steel thread. What? Sticky thread? Never heard of it. Just some skill that leaves you hanging around motionless in the air. Pass. Onto steel thread. I guess this is meant to block your foe's attack. The spider uses it to help. It create an effective, i.e., labyrinthine, web, the sage told me. So I busted a thread out and whipped it against a tree. Whoosh. Snap. And lopped the trunk right off. With magic sense, I could tell that this steel thread would be extremely difficult for the naked eye of a human to detect. If I worked with it a little, I bet it could be a decent weapon. I spent a little time doing just that in case it would come in handy later. Finally, the bat. To be honest, out of this entire zoo, I had the greatest expectations for the bat. But, I mean, geez, drain. If it hits, you could use 70% of your target skills for a limited period of time. Big whoop. Predator was far more effective. Talk about a precipitous drop in quality. And what's the point of sucking someone's blood when you can just analyze their data? Instead? I'll just toss that one aside. Ultrasonic wave, on the other hand, piqued my interest. This skill had The effect of confusing your foes, or making them lose consciousness, but it was originally used for echolocation. Just like bats back on my home. Planet, you could use these sound waves to suss out exactly where you end. Other objects were positioned. But the skill didn't matter to me. The sonic waves it emitted did. This slime was about to get his voice back. Talk about a stroke of luck. Instead Of having to reinvent the wheel from the cells I had, I could just absorb a relevant monster and take the skill for myself. Can I form it into a voice, though? That's the tricky part. So I continued. My research. Restlessly, for going all sleep, not that I needed it, I walked. Around for three days and three nights, testing it out. The end result. I come from outer space. Perfect. It was still a bit distorted, like someone tapping at their throat while yelling through a box fan, but it was definitely a voice. Now all I had to do was fine-tune it. Trying my best to calm my excitement, I began the long, arduous voice adjustment process. These supersonic waves were so useful. I thought I remembered reading something about a weapon that used sound waves. A sonic buster or sonic Blaster or something like that? Could I do that? Received. There is a chance that the skill, super vibration, may. Be derived from ultrasonic wave. This cannot be acquired at this. Time. So I need to derive it or change the skill somehow? Not much to go on, but nothing doing for now, I guess. Not like everything's gonna be handed. To me on a silver platter. Maybe I'm getting too greedy, but the more cards. In your hand, right? No need to push things along too fast, though. Obtaining vocal cords is. A huge coup by itself. I should be happy with it. Looking back, I'd obtained a ton of skills in pretty short order as I wandered around, continuing with my research as I aimed for the exit. And while it took some time, I eventually made it. The outside. The first time I got to bask in the sunlight of this world. Feels as if it's been a while, going outside like this. It has been several months, come to think of it. Hopefully the light wouldn't burn or melt me. Like a vampire, although as a monster, I would reportedly have an instinctual knowledge of what would be dangerous to my continued existence. People do things they know are bad for them all the time, right? No joke. We could learn something from these monsters. The cave, it turned out, was in a forest. The exit was just a hole at the foot of a mountain, more of a small hill, really, which stood out against the vast trees that surrounded it. In fact, thanks to the dense foliage, this hill was the only point you could see the sun from. Take a step into the forest, and all appeared to be dim darkness again. Climbing to the top of the hill, I saw some kind of strange pattern carved. Into it. A magical pentacle or something? Sure seemed like it. Maybe those. adventurers I bumped into were responsible? Guess it doesn't matter much. A wise man keeps away from danger, as they say. I sidled off. A fair amount of time had passed since I left the cave. The sun was. Starting to set, which indicated that I must have reached the cave exit right. Around midday. I had a surprisingly accurate internal clock, and it would have. Been nice if it could have aligned itself with a standardized sense of time. And the moment I thought about it, it happened. Sheesh. Is it this easy to. Do stuff like that? This sage is one heck of a personal assistant to have. Around. Anyway, it was now past four in the afternoon. About time to prep for dinner, but sadly, I no longer had to eat. I could, but the meaninglessness of the gesture would probably just make me feel empty inside. So I kept messing around with the new skills I'd obtained from the monsters I'd consumed in the cave. How to use them, neat ways to combine them, whatever else I could do with them, etc. Speech was a particular focus. That was what occupied my time as I continued down the path I'd found no particular destination. It would have been nice if there was a town or village with someone nice I could have talked to, but everything had been incredibly quiet over the past few days, after getting attacked so frequently. In the cave, I hardly got any attention at all outdoors. Just once, while practicing my elocution, a pack of wolves started stalking me. I tried to threaten them, ah? I said, and that was all it took. Yipe. With pathetic yelps, they scampered away. We're talking. Multiple enormous canines, each easily two meters or so in length, and the sight of a slime freaked them out. Pathetic. Not that I minded being left alone. Getting a wolf's sense of smell would be neat, though. The reaction surprised me enough that I began paying closer attention to my surroundings. Turned out it wasn't just the wolves, not a single monster out there dared get within several meters of me. Were they really that scared? It sure seemed that way, but, like, why? As I thought over that, my magic-sense skill spotted a group of monsters approaching. Nothing like a good crisis to come at you out of nowhere, huh? They were small in size, their equipment plain and crude. Their faces were dirty and devoid of intelligence, but with their swords, their shields, their stone axes, and their bows, they weren't entirely bestial. It took a mere Instant for my gray matter to figure out who they were, goblins, those infamous marauders of many a would-be adventuring party. Talk about sticking to the script. No doubt they were here to attack the weakest of would-be heroes, which meant me, I guess. But, really, thirty of them against a single slime? Kind of a lot at once, wasn't it? And yet, I didn't feel so much as a whiff of terror. My instincts told me I had absolutely nothing to fear. Their swords had rust on them, and their armor was thin and torn at the edges. Some of them were dressed in nothing but stained rags. Compared to the hard-scaled lizards and the spiders with massive serrated blades on their feet I had dealt with before, I couldn't imagine their gear inflicting any damage at all on me. Besides, if things got Harry, I could just go into blacksnake mode and poisonous breath them all. Into puddles of goo. As I sized them up, the goblin's apparent leader opened his mouth. Grah, Strong one. Have you business here? Huh? Goblin's talk, or maybe magic sense is helping me decipher their grunting. And, come on, strong one? First they're surrounding me with their... Weapons, then they're rolling out the red carpet for me. What do they... want? It got me curious. They didn't look ready to descend upon me. Immediately. It might be a good chance to test out my speaking abilities. No better time to start than now. I gave the goblins a quick look over. To them, this must have been one of the most frantic moments in their... lives... Their eyes, as well as their weapons, were trained on me, although at least a few of them were ready to flee at the least provocation. The leader, meanwhile, was every bit up to the post, his steely eyes, practically drilling. Holes in my gelatinous form. Hmm. They seem intelligent enough. Maybe this conversation thing. Could work out after all. But will they understand me? I focused my thoughts on my still-newborn voice, and gingerly tried a few words. Good to meet you, I guess? My name is Ramuru. I'm a slime. The goblins murmured among themselves. Does a talking slime surprise? Them, maybe, I thought, only to find a few of them already prostrating. Themselves before me, weapons tossed away. Weird. Jigar. Strong one. We, we see mighty power of you. Please. Quiet. The voice of you. M.M.? Did I put too much force into it? Maybe making myself. Understood wasn't such a big deal after all. Plainly, I was freaking them out. I figured an apology was in order. Sorry, I don't have this fine-tuned. Too well yet. We, we need no apology from such great form of you guess that worked. This is turning into some decent practice. I was impressed that plain old Japanese worked on these guys. With all the politeness they gave me, I figured I should return the favor, but given how terrified some of them were, I might as well show off the confidence they thought I had. So what did you need from me? I don't have any business around here. I see. Village of us is ahead. We felt strong monster nearby, so we came. To patrol. A strong monster? I didn't spot anything like that. Jiga. Grugaga. Such joking. You cannot trick us, even with form of you. These guys totally have the wrong idea. Apparently they thought their powerful intruder had disguised himself as a slime. These were goblins, the world-famous lower caste of the monster, Totem Pole. I shouldn't have expected much. The goblins and I spoke for a while longer, and before long, I wound up, receiving an invitation to their village. They were willing to put me up for a bit, even. Pretty nice guys, given how scraggly they all looked. So I accepted. I had no need to sleep, but a little rest never hurt a guy. Along the way, I got to hear a bit of the local gossip. It turned out the god they worshipped had recently disappeared. Without it, the local monsters had started acting up a lot more than before. At the same time, more human adventurers, powerful ones, as they put it, were starting to invade the forest. And so on. And funnily enough, The more we spoke to each other, the more clearly I began to understand them. It must have been my magic sense skills getting more accustomed to however the goblin language was wending its way through the particles in the air. Maybe getting in some practice with goblins. Before my big human debut was a good idea after all, I thought as I followed along. The village was shockingly dingy. Maybe I shouldn't have expected much from a goblin's den. They guided me to what I supposed was the most structurally sound of the buildings. It had a thatched, pitted roof that was rotting away in areas, the walls bearing nothing but a few pieces of flat. Wood nailed to them. No slum I'd ever seen in my world could outfilth this. One. I am sorry to keep you waiting, honored guest, one of the goblins said. As he entered, the leader of the expeditionary force I ran into earlier. Accompanied him. Oh, no need for that, I said, flashing my salesman's smile, or in this. Case, my slime smile. Don't worry about me. I haven't been waiting for. That long. Something about smiling at your conversational partner always did. Wonders to keep negotiations moving your way. Once you were aware of it, it was scary how well it worked. Not that I knew what we were negotiating. Yet. I apologize, we cannot provide you more hospitality, the goblin said as. He brought out something resembling tea for me. I am the elder of this. Village. Even goblins must have this stuff, I thought as I took a sip, well, technically, slid my way over the teacup, but same difference. I couldn't. Detect any taste from it, which made sense, since I didn't have that sense. That might have been for the better, for all I knew. My analysis skills. Didn't detect any poison, but reportedly it bore a bitter, acrid flavor. It was good to see the goblins, trying to play nice with me, though, so I made sure to politely drink it up. Then I decided to get to the point. So to what do I owe the favor? I asked. What made you decide to invite me over to your village? This had to be more than monsters acting buddy-buddy with each other. The village elder shivered a bit. Then, firming up his resolve, he turned to me. You have heard, I trust, that the monsters have been more active around. Here as of late? I had, on the way here. Our God has protected the peace in this land for generations, but about A month ago, he hid himself from us. That has allowed the nearby monsters to start meddling with our lands once more. We do not wish to let this continue, so we have fought back, but from a raw power perspective, we face an uphill climb. Hmm, was he talking about Beldora? It would match time-wise. But if the goblins wanted my help, I understand you well enough, but I'm just a slime, so I'm not exactly sure I can provide the help you need. ha! Trust me, no need for modesty. It is no mere slime who can emit the mystical force you do. I cannot imagine why you are taking that form, but you have a name bestowed upon you, yes? Mystical, what? What's that? I don't remember busting anything like that out. I focused my magic sense on myself instead of my environs. Then. I realized it. There was, in fact, some kind of ominous-looking aura. Covering my whole body. You'd think I would have noticed that in the midst of all the monster transformation and body armor malarkey, but it was too. Late now. Phew. Talk about embarrassing. Here I am, exuding all this mystical stuff, and I didn't even bother to say, excuse me. I felt as if I were walking down the middle of Main Street, bearing everything I had to the world. With all the magicules in the air over in the cave, I'd been completely oblivious. This is bad. Really bad. But at least it explained how the monsters in the forest reacted to me before now. Not too many of them would have wanted to take on this ombre. No one was stupid enough to be fooled by appearances. Well, might as well run with it. He he he. Impressive, elder. You noticed? Of course, my friend. Even in the shape that you are, there is certainly no hiding the strength inside you. Ah. Well, if you spotted me, then I guess you guys have a lot of Promise? Now I'm digging this. Let's just pull the elder strings for a bit and talk. My way out of trouble. At the same time, I tried to find a way to extinguish the mystical aura around me, futzing around with the surrounding magic, too, try to push it back in. Oh. Were we being tested, perhaps? Then I certainly hope we are worthy. Many would be count to submission by such a force. By this time, my mystical whatever was mostly hidden. I was back to being just a regular old slime. Funny to think, though, earlier, if I had looked like any old slime on the street, would the entire forest have tried to kill me? That would have been a bummer. You're right. Anyone willing to speak to me without being frightened by my mystic powers must be worthy indeed. Worthy how? I wondered to myself silently. Ha ha. Thank you very much. I will refrain from asking you why you hide your true form, but I do have a request of you. Would you be willing to listen to it? About what I figured. Nobody would go up to a fearsome, hideous monster for no reason at all. It depends on what it is, I said, trying to keep my swagger going. But Go ahead. State your business. Here's the rundown. It turned out some newcomer monsters from the lands to the east had been pushing into the area, hoping to seize it for themselves. The area was home to several goblin villages, including this one, and even the small clashes so far had resulted in a large number of goblin deaths, including some named goblins, One of these named creatures was the sort of guardian of this village, and with his death, the value of keeping this village intact had declined. Dramatically. The other goblin communities had largely abandoned this land. Their reasoning was that they could coerce the newcomers to attack this village, buying them time to come up with countermeasures of their own. The village elder and the leader of the expedition, who greeted me had tried to reason with them, but were coldly brushed away. The frustration was clear. In their voices as the two of them explained. I see, I replied. So how many of you live in this village? And how? Many are battle-ready? We have approximately one hundred residents. Counting our womenfolk, about sixty of them are ready to fight. Doesn't sound like much. Pretty smart goblins, though, if they're keeping. Track that closely. All right, and what types and numbers are we talking about with the enemy? They are dire wolves, we believe, certainly wolf-like in appearance. Under normal circumstances, it would have to be ten of us against one of them for us to have a fighting chance, but they appear to number around a hundred themselves. Huh? What kind of impossible game is this? I turned my eyes toward the village elder. He didn't seem to be joking, his eyes were as sincere and dedicated as a goblins could get. So these goblin fighters took them on in such small numbers, even though they knew they couldn't win? No. This information I told you. Those fighters risked their lives to obtain it. Oh. Might have been a rude question, there. Upon further questioning, the named goblin they'd lost turned out to be both the elder's son and the older brother of the scouting party. I spent a moment weighing the options, the elder falling silent as he awaited my decision. It might have been my imagination, but I could have sworn there were tears in his eyes. I was probably just imagining it, though. Tears Don't go too well with monsters. Better pump up the swagger, I figured. That's how a feared monster should rightly act. Let's get something straight, Elder. If I help this village, what do I get in? Return? Do you even have anything to give? Not that I minded helping them out on a whim. But it took ten goblins to maybe beat one big dog or whatever, and they'd be facing a pack of a hundred. It wouldn't be simple. I think a little blacksnake action could take care of them, but I can't just snap up this job without thinking a bit. We shall give you our allegiance. Please, grant us your guardianship. If you do, I promise we will swear our loyalty to you. Honestly, as gifts go, that's not much. But after experiencing 90 days of silent solitude, even talking to goblins was kind of fun. The thought of, Saving this dive probably would have disgusted me back in my human days, but right now, I was a monster. No need to worry about falling in a puddle and picking up some infectious disease any longer. Plus, those eyes on the elder. I could tell that he was truly relying on me. To say the right thing, the dire wolves ruled the roost over at the plains to the east, enough to give endless headaches to the merchants who plied their trade between the Eastern Empire and the Kingdoms around the Forest of Jura, each one of them was the equivalent of a sea-ranked monster, hardy enough that an adventurer could find his leg bitten off if he wasn't paying attention. The real threat, however, came when they roamed in packs, only when a talented Alpha was leading the horde did the dire wolves show their real worth the entire pack would act as a single mind, a single creature every. Member acting in lockstep. Such a pack, in full motion, could easily be rated A-B. The eastern plains were located next to a wide grain-producing region, a vital lifeline for the eastern empire and one kept very well secured. No matter how cunning the dire wolves were, no matter how advanced their skills penetrating the empire's defensive lines remained a difficult task. Even if they made it through, doing so would rouse the full fury of the empire, putting the dire wolf race's very future into question. The Pax leader was fully aware of this, it was something he had learned through hard-fought experience amid the many skirmishes he had witnessed against the empire over several decades. Targeting the smaller-scale merchants who passed by wasn't enough to make the empire take full action, but the moment wolves stepped into its grain fields, it would truly retaliate. After so many failures, no more would the dire wolves repeat the mistakes of their comrades. That was the Alpha's way of thinking. But his monster's instincts also told him that, under the status quo, there would be no progress, nothing to push their pack forward. As a rule, the dire wolf race did not require food to survive. Attacking and consuming humans provided them with a nice little snack, but those didn't hold much in the way of magic. To the pack, their real sustenance lay in the world's magicules. They would need to attack stronger monsters or slaughter humans in droves to evolve into calamity-level creatures. None of these options were Particularly accessible to them. The empire was just too powerful. But, merely picking off passing merchants would never do anything for their dreams of evolution. Then they heard tales of the Southlands. A fertile territory, one with a forest that offered all its blessings, a vast store of magic. A paradise for monsters, so it was said. In order to reach it, though, they would have to. Traverse the vast forest of Jura. The monsters of this wood were, in and of themselves, no great foes. Their past experience hunting the stragglers wandering out of it proved as much. So why had they shied away from entering it themselves, simple, Veldora the Storm Dragon? He was the one and only reason. Even when he was within his prison, the waves of dreadful magical force shook their very hearts. The creatures in the forest, they believed, enjoyed the dragon's divine guardianship, which was why they could survive under those scorching waves. That was what they had to believe. Otherwise, the truth would drive them mad. So despite how it pained them daily, the dire wolves had given up on infiltrating the forest. Until now, the alpha turned his blood-red eyes toward the forest. That evil, horrid, dragon could no longer be felt. Now is the time, he thought, to hunt the forest clean of monsters, and then we may become the lords of the forest. The idea made him lick his lips and sound the howl commanding his pack. To advance. Okay. So now I'm a guardian. What should I do next? To me, it just felt like bodyguard duty despite the grandiose terms the elder used to describe me. To start out, I had all the goblins capable of fighting gathered around. Me. It wasn't a pretty sight. They were in awful shape. No way could I count on them on the battlefield, and from afar, the remainder of the village. Looked like nothing but children and the elderly to me. Reinforcements, in. Other words, were out of the question. The village elder must have been shaking at the knees. Even if they fled. The village right now, they'd practically starve, before the day was through. Meanwhile, the goblins around me were all staring with an almost. Religious faith in their eyes. This was heavy, man. To someone like me, who. Lived a fairly easy breezy life, those gazes added a lot of pressure. Right, I said, do all of you know what kind of situation we're in? I wasn't trying to make a joke. I just couldn't think of anything. Inspirational I could say. Yes, sir, the goblin leader instantly replied. We are preparing for a battle to decide whether we live or die. The other goblins around him must have felt the same way. Some of them were visibly shaking, which I couldn't chide them for. A person's mind can think one thing and their body do something very different. All right, I replied, trying to act like the best general I could. No need to get all worked up. Keep it chill, all right? Whether you're revved up or not, if we're gonna lose, we're gonna lose. Just focus on giving this. Everything you've got. That helped lighten my mood, at least. Maybe it worked better than I thought. Might as well get started, then. If I screw up, that might be it for these goblins. But I gotta stick to my guns. I wanted to bring some swagger into this, and now I'm gonna. With a moment to collect my thoughts, I gave my first order to the goblins, an order I would give many times to come. Night. The direwolf's alpha had his eyes open. It was a full moon, the perfect night for a battle. Slowly, he rose, surveying the area, the rest of his. Pack looking on with bated breath. Just the right amount of intensity, the alpha thought. Tonight, they would level the goblin village, establishing a foothold for. Themselves within the forest of Jura. Then, slowly but surely, they would. Hunt the monsters around the area, expanding their territory until they ruled. The woods. Soon, when the time was right, they would turn their eyes toward the south, invading it for the power it held. They had the strength to make it happen. Their claws could rend the flesh of any monster, their fangs could pierce any armor. Oh whoa! The Alpha gave the signal. It was time to let the carnage begin. There was, however, one concern— The Alpha had sent a scout a few days ago, who had come back with some perplexing news, news of a small monster that led off a strange, mystical force. Enough to surpass that of even their Alpha. He had shrugged off this report at first. It was too preposterous to entertain. He himself had detected nothing of the sort in the forest. Every monster they'd encountered was a comparative weakling. Up to this point, nothing even resembling resistance to their advance had appeared, and they were almost in the dead center of the wood. A dozen or so goblins had picked off one or two members of their pack, but nothing else. The scout must have been too excited about the upcoming hunt to think straight. That was the alpha's conclusion, as he kept his eyes forward. Ahead lay a village. It was situated exactly where the scout said it was. He had followed the trail of a wounded goblin, straight to it. Nothing about. His report suggested it to be a threat. This was not the Alpha's first battle. He was cunning, and he never let. His guard down. However, even he had to admit that the strange, thing. Around the village was a tad unusual. It was, a fence, like one would see in a human village. The homes that once composed the settlement had been disassembled, formed into a defense that neatly covered all of the village grounds. And there, in front of the single opening in the barrier, was a lone slime. All right, stop where you are, okay, the slime said to them. If you turn back now, I promise I won't do anything to you. Move away from here. At once. IMPERTINENT LITTLE BASTARD. Leaving just one entryway open to block a mass attack? Just the kind of shallow-thinking one should expect from a garbage monster like this. Our claws and fangs would make mincemeat out. Of that rickety old thing. It was time to show the slime their true power. The alpha gave the order. As if they were his own right hand, about a dozen dire wolves immediately set off to attack the fence, the picture of coordination, the exact reason the Pack essentially functioned as a single monster. The thought communication skill enabled their collective behavior. It was far faster than giving verbal orders, letting the pack work in perfect. Tandem The first wave should have been all it took to destroy the fence. Instead, the Alpha, already picturing a screaming rabble of goblins struggling to flee, After the miserable failure of their stratagem, let out a surprised yelp. The force he had sent toward the fence had been blown straight backward, some of them bleeding profusely as they writhed on the ground. What could this be? The alpha kept his mind sharp as he surveyed the area. The slime by the entryway had not moved an inch. Did it do something? One of his men sidled up to him to report. It was him, boss. The thing. With the mystical force that outclassed yours. Nonsense, the alpha thought as he looked at the slime. It was a small. Monster. They would occasionally be born here and there, along the plains. Even calling them monsters at all seemed absurd, their whole existence. Was petty. That thing, holding more force than me. The alpha fumed. Impossible. Few, indeed, were the monsters more sly and crafty than the Alpha. He had years of experience to draw upon, and he could summon it on the fly to calmly, nimbly formulate a new plan. And his years of experience told him that this monster could not possibly be stronger than he was. Right there, for the first time, the Alpha committed a fatal mistake, one that would ultimately decide his fate. You wretched little worm of a monster, I shall crush you to pieces.